scare anyone. But I'm going to give it to you straight about Jason. His body was never recovered from the lake after he drowned. And if you listen to the old timers in town, they'll tell you he's still out there. Camp Crystal Lake is jinxed. Got a death curse. Some folks claim they've even seen him. Right in this area. Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing on this mess? The girl who survived that night at Camp Blood, that Friday the 13th, she claims she saw Boy, is he dead too? We didn't find any boy. Then he's still there. He is still there, and we are on the hunt for him. Welcome back to another installment of our Friday the 13th special series. I am Chris. I am also Chris. And guess what? What? I am still not Chris. Uh, you motherfucker. You got me. You, you, you got me on that. I'm going to be honest. I, I was ready for you to say since last week you got a legal name change. No, no, I have not had a Christoectomy. Chris, Christoectomy. Christectomy. I don't know. Christ, Christectomy. Yeah. Uh, no, that just sounds like a venereal disease. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eh, you know. Yeah. So uh, over over there, uh, we have uh, Commander Scott, who, uh, if we had it our way, he'd be wearing his balls for earrings. Um, see, I'm doing in-movie references in this one again. Uh, uh-huh. uh, over there, we got uh, Maggot Head Koran. Oh. Yeah, I know. Um, and I, Captain Chris, I'm over here. My mother does not own a sewing machine. So. Wait, uh, he's balls for earrings. Yeah. I'm maggot head and yeah. you doesn't own a sewing machine. No, my mom doesn't own a sewing machine. <laughs> it's way you comes. limp dick motherfucker. <laughs> That's how it is. Um, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wherever the red dot goes, I bang. I'm Captain Chris. Is that better? <laughs> I'll allow it. That one might be I'll better. Allow it. Wherever the red dot goes, I bang. Uh, today, of course, we are talking about Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives. <sighs> and uh, this one, just to give you a little bit of background, um, originally was uh, part five, uh, was supposed to start a new series of of, um, of films where Tommy Jarvis is the new villain. But, yeah, I'm so excited about that. Yeah. So excited. Tommy's our killer in this one. Yeah. Right? Thank God, no. Uh, well, if you listen to the sheriff, uh, he thinks that that's true. But due to the obviously poor reception, and rightfully so, of A New Beginning, it was decided to bring Jason back as the antagonist. Uh, this is the first movie also where Jason is um, flat out supernatural. Uh, it is, you know, it, it is, it is basically known that he is undead and a, uh, some kind of superhuman force uh, who, that is much stronger than ever and uh, resistant to uh, bullets and everything else that uh, would normally kill a regular person. Uh, it 
on a budget of three million dollars, uh, has grossed uh, almost nineteen and a half, nineteen point four million. Uh, so, despite being you ready for this, the highest critically acclaimed movie in the series since the first one, it has one of the Fucking lowest how one of the lowest box offices because part five was so trash just fucking how yeah people. how is this considered one of the but be- no not that how is, is this considered one of the best ones yeah it is it is it is widely uh considered one of the best and we're going to get into why uh you know in a little bit no, you're going to get into why <laughs> i'm going to be the voice of dissension for the next hour <laughs> um so uh a couple things also of note uh on this movie uh this one is the first actual friday the 13th movie uh, that has actual kid campers. Uh, kind of interesting that, uh, you know, part one and part two were also, um, you know, camp counselor characters that were training for kids to arrive. These counselors apparently arrive really, really late because they're there about a day and then kids show up. So... I think- if I'm not yeah. mistaken, I think this might be like the second session of camp. I think that gets mentioned in like a throwaway oh, line. Oh yeah, okay, okay. So they had a first session, and then now they're there for the uh, the the head counselor apparently left and then came back for the second well, session. All I all I know is that apparently the the chaperones on the bus. Uh, literally just kick the kids off the bus. Oh yeah, they don't. We're like, a, there you fucking go. Yeah. You can have them. Like, no head count, no nothing. No. Just <laughs> you deal with the little booger eaters. Get out of here. And um, so yeah, we have a uh, we have a colorful cast of characters that we will get into as they get picked off one by one. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, it, it also this is one of the first that really leans hard into the uh, the meta humor. And the, um, you know, like uh, heavy on the action also with a lot of gunfire, uh, a lot of car chases and some shootouts and stuff. So uh, really leans heavily into that. But, um, yeah, kind of a uh, kind of a different feel from the previous Friday the 13th that we've gotten up until this point. I, I like the tone shift in this one. Uh I mean, we we get. I think Jason has the most screen time of any of the movies thus far in this yeah. one, and he's actually running around doing stuff. And we're not just overusing the POV suspense shot. Yeah, um, over and over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, we see a lot of stuff uh, that is new in this one. There's a lot of breaking the fourth wall. Uh, there's a lot of like office style people look right right at the camera uh the uh, mm-hmm. the caretaker is is probably the biggest um uh example of that is is he uh, he does that also uh the james bond style opening oh what yes. the hell is that <laughs> what like literally what the fuck is that <laughs> gone is the big block friday the 13th i don't think we ever see that again uh in the rest of the series and now it's just the typeface uh but yeah this one is the the james bond spoof style opening that we also never see again i 
kept expecting the theme song after that opening to be, you know, dismember. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there's that. Um, I did notice, uh, like you said, there's there's a lot less. There's hardly any uh, POV shots, but there is a lot of um, there's several sequences of of, you know, Jason stalking like the um, the counselor who goes to comfort the little girl and she's walking and Jason's outside and is like matching her pace outside. Yeah. Uh, it's very Halloweenish. Very Halloweenish. Oh my god. And there's a, there's there's a couple of the the camera pan pop-ups too. Yeah. Uh like she like, you know, she she goes to tuck the little girl back into bed and we pan down to the bed and when she stands back up Jason's standing there fully lit in the window, not <laughs> like, 6 inches from her right yeah. next to her. Impossible. Sure hope I don't stare out this giant open window and see anyone in a hockey mask that's ready to kill me. Seriously? <laughs> One of the fucking best? <laughs> uh, but uh, I did have uh, one of my favorite shots in the entire series is in this movie. Was it the credits when they started no, rolling? No. Uh, it's when Jason is standing on the side of the RV that's on fire. And oh, it yeah. just looks. Yeah, that's a good shot. It just looks bad. I, I just wrote. Uh, Jason on the RV arrow bad period ass period and that's it. like that's all I can say about it is that shot where he's just standing and the, the, the RV is on its side and um, you know everybody inside is dead but it's on fire like that is one of the most badass shots in the entire series for me um, but yeah a, a lot of also uh, a lot of um a lot of horror references. You have, uh, you know, uh, Cunningham, and you have Karloff's Grocery Store. Uh, so you have a lot of uh, uh, the the other deputies from Carpenter. Um, so you have uh, you have a lot of nods to other horror greats in this one. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you negating the glaring one in the face of the girl that keeps having nightmares that's named Nancy. Yes. Yes. Nancy. Uh, so that one's good. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of great nods to horror classics and, um, yeah, this one also contradicts here's, here's an interesting thing that I want to ask you guys about because here we have another instance where they have, they're contradicting their own timeline and storyline where in part five, which apparently we are, we're just, I, I think the answer is going to be, we're just pretending that part five never existed, but in part five, the mayor is very explicit about the fact that Jason has been cremated and we even get the, uh, he, he pours out the ashtray and he says, there's your Jason and, and all that. And in this one, it is very obviously not true. And no one ever makes mention of the fact that he he is supposedly cremated. It's just understood that, you know, almost Nightmare on Elm Street-ish that he's a legend and the adults are never like, well, he was cremated, so it's impossible. Like, it's just kind of known that Jason is buried and they know that Jason has a grave because they're like, we dug up Jason and look over there. His grave is, is pulled over. Like, it's it's just assumed to be known that he was buried, not cremated. I'm confused. 
Well, maybe the mayor was thinking of a different, you know, serial killer, Jason. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe it was uh, like the only thing I can think of is maybe like that was what they were trying to push. Like they were trying to tell everybody that he was cremated so nobody would go and do that. Like no one would go dig him up or try and find the grave and take pictures with it and stuff like that. Cause you know, folks got a strange idea of entertainment. So, uh, <laughs> so maybe that was like the, the story they pushed until people were like, Oh no, but like I buried him. Like I know he's right there. Yeah. But if you're going to try and push that story, uh, first of all, if you're going to try and push that story that he's been cremated, so nobody will go look for the body and dig him up. And even go so far as to change the name of the town and the county, yeah, which is not an easy thing to do in reality, mind you. I mean, you know, um, um, because towns are incorporated. You can't just change names willy-nilly. Uh, then why bury him in a popular public cemetery and why mark it? Yeah. Why, why, why put his actual name on the grave? You know, uh, that just doesn't jive to me. It just seems like if you're going to go through all the rest of that trouble, you could at least just remove the headstone or something. You bury yeah. him like somewhere far, far away. Somewhere far. It's like in a neighboring county, you know? Uh, don't put you, that evil on another county. <laughs> you go bury him in somebody else's cemetery. Uh, the one thing that I will say is uh, this setting, the uh, the camp, is – one of the it's one of my favorites uh as far as like setting goes because they actually got a a legit camp state park camp so it looks very much like a real camp and they actually show you know the inside of a lot of cabins and they're 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 set designed very well to look like an actual real camp um it's probably one of my favorites um at some point, it would be fun to go visit, um, but it's I, – I, I, love, I love the way that camp looks. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, nice. the, the, the camp looks good, um, and, you know, it's, it's kind of what you said. I really appreciate the fact that we get, like, an interior and we actually see, you know, campers that – get left on their own far too often. Yeah. Um, no one gives a and the fact that there are only what four counselors, three of which who leave at one point. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure if you pay attention at one point, the kids are also supposed to be asleep and there is not a single counselor on site there. No. Yeah. There's not. But that's because the kids are asleep. Yeah, they're fine. Never have <laughs> children, Scott. They're Never asleep. Procreate. They're Okay. <laughs> You know, a little bit of NyQuil. They're fine for the night. They're good. You're the kind of person who's going to have a child, and once it gets rowdy, you're going to be like, well, guess they're an outdoor kid now. (laughs) (laughs) We started out with an indoor-outdoor kid. Now he's just outdoor. (laughs) Just outdoor. He likes it out there. What can I say? I'm trying to bring you man. He just screams and poops. So (laughs) I just just (laughs) can do that Exactly. Screams. Feed me. Feed me. I'm hungry. Oh, you know, bored. Uh, so yeah, it. Um, I don't know. I I I like I like the um, the production value in this one. Um, I'm kind of with you, Scott. I I like. On one hand, I do really like the 
the turn and in tone with this one, but yes. also I'm kind of like, it kind of feels like a, it doesn't feel like a true Friday the 13th movie for me. Like at the core, when I think of Friday the 13th, it, it checks a lot of boxes, but it doesn't check them all, which I'll get to at the very end. Uh, yep. But uh, as far as the actual production goes, um, uh, Tom McLaughlin did a great job uh, directing. And um, I think, I, I think this one is like, if I want to watch, if I want to watch a Friday the 13th movie, like in the background, I would probably watch part six because I could check in and check out and it would be like odds are there'd be something entertaining or funny or whatever going on. Um, it's, it's a very like harmless Friday the 13th to put on in the background for me. Uh, fun, fun fact. You and I have gotten drunk and done that exact thing. Yep. Done that exact thing with Friday the 13th part six. Yeah, we sure have. Um, I can tell you that this movie, this Friday the 13th is the first one that I ever watched start to finish. Uh, I rented it and a couple other movies for a birthday party that I had. Uh, and it was, yeah, from start to finish the first Friday, the 13th I ever saw all the way through. So it does kind of have a special place for me in that regard. Um, so I do have a little bit of, of fun with it. Well, this movie definitely has a, a tonal shift. I mean, you get a lot of humor that gets interjected into this one. The kills get a lot more creative, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about that when we get to that you know that, that section of our discussion. Uh, Jason's on screen a lot more. Um, uh, and, you know, you get two of my favorite characters in this in, in this entire series. They're not on screen much, only a couple of times, but I call them the Statler and Waldorf kids. Oh yeah, the uh one of my favorite lines where he says, What were you gonna be when you grew up? Yes. One of my favorite uh, lines of the movie. It's it's fantastic. It was a great one. Because these uh, I don't know who these kids are, but or what traumas they've seen in their home <laughs> lives up to this point, but they are just taking all of this in stride, man. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, Well, you know, we're gonna die, but like, you know, whatever. It, no need to panic. See, it's the NyQuil. I'm telling you, man. You know? Kids can handle anything with enough NyQuil. That's what were you going to be when you grew up? <laughs> Fucking gold. Yeah. Uh, very, uh, very, you know, gothic inspired. Um, you know, you can see the influences of not only the universal monster stuff, but also like Edgar Allan Poe and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, yeah easily detectable when you watch this back. Um, now, one thing we've talked about in previous movies um, was for production value was little details that movies, these movies would get right. Yeah. Little details. They would, that you would never think they would get right. Cause it's background stuff. But then of course they miss glaring things, but <laughs> yeah, but little details they would always get right. I, I feel like this movie dropped the ball on that a little bit. Really? Do tell. Just, just a little bit. So, and this is where I, this, I texted you that picture. Yeah, I uh, loved last this. Last night. This was so good. So, I was watching it and I noticed that on the background, um, 
behind the sheriff's desk in the sheriff's office, there's a shadow box with some military medals in it. And so I'm like, huh, I wonder what those are. Because obviously the, the one on the far left, there's four medals, and then there's what looks to be a pair of wings down at the bottom. Um, and so I, I paused it and I looked at these. The one on the far left is obviously a purple heart. Right. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm looking and I, um, I'm trying to identify these medals and I did identify them. And so okay. from left to right, uh, it is a purple heart, obviously. Uh-huh. It is the, the National Defense Medal. Okay. Uh, the Republic of Vietnam Campaign Medal and okay. the Vietnam Service Medal. All right. Um, so obviously they're trying to tell us, I guess, very, very subtly that the sheriff, uh, his character was in Vietnam. He's a Vietnam vet, but that there's, there's three glaring problems with this shadow box. One, he has a purple heart, so he was wounded in combat. Okay. Um, cause you can only get that by being, being wounded in action by the enemy. Um, yet there's no CIB. Which, if if you'll look at just about any well any military movie that's that's worth its salt, uh, you'll see you know your your main characters who are in the war or whatever when they're in uh, dress uniforms, class A's, uh, they have a, a it's 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 a long rifle with a blue background. Um, I don't know if you remember seeing it or not. Anyway, it's called a combat infantry badge. Oh, so, okay. I was going to yeah. ask what the fuck a CIB was. Yeah. So if if he was in Vietnam, uh, and because uh, movies of this time period love to place you know sheriffs and heroes and stuff for as, as Vietnam vets, um, he would have a CIB, and, and I feel that CIB would be in his shadow box. Second of all, that pair of wings. Uh, that was the hardest for me to identify, and I'm not entirely certain I've got it 100%. Because I can find, because it looks like a pair of long wings with a with a parachute in the middle. Okay? All right. But that is not the United States Army Airborne uh, Parachutist Badge. Because mm-hmm. the Parachutist Badge for the U.S. Army has curved wings. Now, there's all kinds of Army aviator, Army astronaut, if you can actually believe that, um, uh, and things that have long wings, but they don't have a parachute in the middle. So I started looking, and it, that those wings, which they're not very clear on camera, uh, are very reminiscent of the South Vietnamese Army parachutist badge. So I'm curious if... Uh, whoever the set decorator or whatever, they're like, we want him to have some Vietnam medals. If they just, you know, went out and said, I need a Vietnam paratrooper badge. And, oh, hey, there's one, not realizing it's actually for the South Vietnamese Army, not U.S. Army Vietnam era. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I follow. Sort of. So, so, yeah, and then... The, the last one, because I said there's three. So there's missing CIB. There is what I believe to be wrong parachutist wings. Uh, once again, they're very indistinguishable. They're the hardest to see. Um, is that the actual awards left to right, uh, they're, they're not in order of precedence. Uh, and and I, I feel that a Vietnam vet uh, 
who is probably airborne. You're trying to say he's a, uh, a, a combat Vietnam veteran in the airborne. Uh, if he's going to make a shadow box of his decorations, I, I feel he would put them in order of precedence because the, the Vietnam service medal should come before the Vietnam campaign medal. Yeah, that's, uh, cause I'm, I'm, I, uh, shockingly when you said that i did a little research as well and it says um i found that uh they incorrectly placed the uh republic of vietnam campaign medal ahead of the vietnam service medal yeah uh the purple heart and lack of campaign stars on the national defense service medal indicate that he served only one campaign in vietnam was injured and was yeah, subsequently one tour. discharged. Yep. So he was injured on his first and uh, subsequently discharged. Yeah. So, once again, for a movie series that typically <laughs> gets a lot of very tiny details right in the background, this one is just glaring and they should be ashamed of themselves. Well, automatically deduct a star then. To the end. Uh, I guess I guess we're rating them not on stars out of machetes or hockey masks. So uh, withdraw one hockey mask when you get to the end. Um, no, I, I was I was really uh, anxiously awaiting because you texted me and you were like, I've spent the last two hours deep diving into what these medals are. Yeah, and that was yeah. that was all from the wings. I was good lord <laughs> trying to identify those wings. Um. So that made me laugh because you were like, yeah, I've, I've spent the last two hours trying to figure this out. And so I just said, oh, I said, this is why I love the fact that you're on these. I didn't get included in this conversation. That's why I have nothing to add. Well, we wanted to spring Fuck on you, you, Scott. <laughs> Damn. I'm sorry. All right. Well, we're ah. going to move on to a, a section that I think everybody's going to love. Nope. I think everybody loves I want to talk about the medals more. Okay, let's talk about the medals more. Okay. I wasn't included in the conversation. All right, Koran, go ahead. The medals are all yours. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. There were medals in the background, and Scott didn't tell me what they were, and I wasn't included (laughs) in the fun conversation. You guys just had to Scott can go fuck himself. There wasn't a conversation. I literally texted Oh, there was a a conversation. You guys just had one. I wasn't involved. It's because you didn't say anything. Oh. All right, well, next we have... Probably the biggest instance of how Friday the 13th as a series has hit mainstream and pop culture, because I believe this up until this point, part six has the most licensed music out of any Friday the 13th movie so far. Not only three songs from Alice Cooper, but a song from a band called Felony, called I'm No Animal, um, which is actually a pretty fun song. But we have Hard Rock Summer, we have Teenage Frankenstein, we have, of course, uh, He's Back, Man Behind the Mask. If If you haven't seen the music video... For Alice Cooper's He's Back, The Man Behind the Mask, do yourself a favor right now. Hop on your YouTube machine and type that in and just spend three and a half minutes just watching this glorious, glorious music video. You kind of owe it to yourself because it's pretty, it's pretty great. So in all honesty, when I was watching this movie, we, we hit the part where Teenage Frankenstein is on. Yeah. 
And I actually realized that there was music playing. And I'm like, oh, shit, there's a song. And I'm like, that's kind of good. And I looked it up and everything. So I, I actually I've got one song written down and I thought, shit, I'm doing good. There's a song and I recognize it. But apparently there was three songs that I completely missed. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought I was doing well. Damn. Uh, and uh, just for the record, uh, still right now, uh, that music video, not a part of the big uh 15 disc or 16 disc um set as of yet i don't think i haven't i'm looking through the uh the bonus features uh but it is not listed so unless they announce it um it is not as an extra so it is on youtube though uh the he's back great great uh and, and also another instance of that song is playing on the radio when the kids first get to, when the counselors get to the camp. So it's another instance, like in part three, where in the world of Friday, the 13th, Alice Cooper made a song called he's back the man behind the mask. And, uh, it gets radio play. So there you go. It actually legitimately exists in the Friday, the 13th universe. Now already. And uh, Hard Rock Boom. Summer plays. Um, I don't know if it's on the radio or not. Uh, if it's just overlaid when they're doing the car chase, I don't know if it's supposed to be on the radio or not. So, but I can tell you that uh, he's back. The man behind the mask is played on the radio as they're unpacking stuff. So, uh, much like the disco theme in Part Three, playing on the uh, in the convenience store, Alice Cooper made it into the actual Friday the Thirteenth meta universe so congratulations on him but uh in universe though he's known as chris gaines oh so. god why 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 though <laughs> boy why? shut the fuck up <laughs> why um no uh it, it also if you haven't heard the whole version of uh felonies i'm no animal uh which is where um uh court and uh what's her name are uh out in the rv um and she's like, it's ten minutes long. The song is not ten minutes long. It's like three, but uh, it's it's a it's a fun fun song. Uh, very very eighties, but uh, it's a good listen. Uh, oh, she was probably hoping. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. It was the eighties in a slasher movie. She was probably hoping it was ten minutes long. <laughs> probably a song she did it to. Yeah, because they were doing it, and she said, "Wait till the end of the song." And he's like, cool, yeah, it's what, like another minute and a half? Because it's been playing for like a minute and a half at this point. She's like, no, only ten more minutes. And he's just <laughs> like, shit. Um, you a fucking marathon, man? Jesus. Yeah. Mm -mm. <laughs> he, he was probably taking notes from uh, old Quick Draw in part five. Uh, <laughs> they went out to the woods. It was like 15 seconds, and he's like, I'm going to go wash up. Like, Ugh. Uh... But, to uh, which washing up apparently just means going down to the the river and washing and your face and, with and, creek water and, and skipping rocks or something. I don't know what he was doing there. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, not. Uh, we we have Harry Manfredini is back uh, with another uh, a few new score cues. Uh, it's not the same stuff as the first four. Uh, definitely different than part five. So we have some familiar sounds, but, uh, uh, you know, familiar, but different. So a bit of an interesting, uh, the fact that he's still writing 
new score cues for the sixth entry into a horror series. So good on him for not just phoning it in. So, uh, you know, there's that. But yeah, otherwise, other than the, other than the, uh, the three Alice Cooper songs and the felony song, I didn't have any other music notes. That was a short one. Like I said, Teenage Frankenstein is the only song I actually became consciously aware of. As he's driving the okay. RV away. Yeah, and I thought I was doing well. I was like, hey, there's a song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll even openly say this. I fucking hate Alice Cooper, but Teenage Frankenstein's tight. It's pretty sweet. Like, it's a pretty it's a pretty good song. Uh, it's pretty fun. If you listen to the lyrics, it's a pretty good one. Uh, so, it's yeah, it's, it's not bad. Uh, I like uh, Hard Rock Summer is pretty fun uh, when you're driving on I-65 for us. Uh, and it's, you know, you can go 80 and you can play Hard Rock Summer. It's pretty good. Um, of course, he's back. Man Behind the Mask is a Friday the 13th classic. So there's that. Um, but I've decided to take a cue from you, Scott, and I have renamed, I've renamed our next section. Okay. Instead of, instead of, um, gore and best kill, I have decided to rename it to uh, special makeup effects and best kill. Okay. So it's not just about the gore. It's about the special makeup effects. As well. I see. Okay. Uh, this uh, part six special makeup effects by a name that is familiar. Uh, only the second person to have uh, credit as may, special makeup effects twice. Uh, the first one to do twice in a row, uh, Martin Becker from part five, uh, and also uh, Star Trek Two, April Fool's Day, Freddy's Dead, and. Suburban Commando. Fuck Suburban Commando. Oh, Suburban Commando kicks ass. And fuck Hulk Hogan. Oh, Hulk Hogan kicks ass too. Um, does he? Does he really? I do, I, do, I love Hulk Hogan. I can't. I does can't. he? Do you? Yeah. Sadly, do I you? Do. Sadly, I do. I got, do you? I still got my 1986 Titans. Hulk rules tank top, man. Do you? I love it. I, f- <laughs> I follow him on Twitter. I'd follow him in real life if the court would let me, but. Here we are. I don't know, man. People <laughs> might get the wrong impression about you. Um, yeah, Martin Becker, same as Part 5. One thing that I did notice, uh, a lot of quick cuts and a lot of after-the-fact shots. We don't actually see a lot of you know, full-on gore. We see a lot of reaction stuff. We see a lot of, uh, um, like, the right before... And then a quick cut, and then the right after. The right after, yeah. Um, so, yeah, not a lot of uh, prosthetics, special makeup effects needed in this one. No. Um, but that being said, though, going back to gore, we do get, I think, an increase in gore in the special effects in this one. Or in, in, in the effects. Because, I mean, you know, Horshack gets his heart ripped out. Yeah, freaking know, Horshack. Uh, which which was nice and, and gory. Um, instead of the little trickles of blood that we've gotten in past Friday the 13th, we get full-on blood splatters. Now they're splashed from off-screen uh, or from inside the cabin or something, but lots of blood splatter. 
and, and I like some good blood splatter. Uh, an arm being ripped off. Um, we get a we get a, another another head turnaround. Um, you know, another head snap. Uh, the uh, generic Saved by the Bell Lisa counselor. Yeah. Um, um, but we have the added benefit of her head actually being pulled off. Uh, in 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 this one. Um, but I I don't think that one worked as well as um. Tom Savini's head turnaround, the 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 morgue guy. Oh yeah, uh, it, it it was it was nice, but it didn't work as well because you could definitely, I mean, you could you could tell that it's just a fake head all the way through. Uh, the 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 gag, um, whereas you know Savini's, you've got live actor, uh, cut to prosthetic, then cut back to live actor to finish the turn, uh, and it, it I think it worked better than this one. Um, you know, the head crush, uh, so the, the prosthetics, there was a nice spike in the head, uh, uh, um, the Rambo knife through the temple. Uh, I, I thought this movie had really good gore and, and makeup effects. Uh, they may not have been like the best ever, but based, you know, based off of what we've gotten in previous movies with just, you know, a little bit of push in and just a little bit of, uh, Halloween Express blood here and there. I thought it was a step up. I would actually agree with that. I thought it had a lot of, um, yeah, I mean, just to piggyback off what Scott said, a lot of decent gore effects. I know a lot of it did come off screen, but at the same time, it didn't feel, because, you know, we all kind of grew up in the age of, uh, like when they really tried to push PG-13 horror. I don't know if Scott did. He's like 50. Um, ah. But Flanagan, you and I did. Yeah. Uh, where a lot of the PG-13 or especially the some of the really bad horror cuts for TV were like nothing but reaction and very little blood. Yeah. So it was nice to actually like get some of that gore going. I and completely to like agree. show some of it, you know. No, I uh, I still cringe at the um, uh, the shard of glass to the temple, or the, or the knife. Sorry, not the shard of glass, but the knife, the Rambo yeah. knife to the to the temple. Still, uh, still makes me uh, like, Ugh! Uh, which uh, I was going to save this for characters, but uh, yeah, he he stabs the shit out of uh, the temple of uh, John Travolta's nephew. Uh, really? That's who that is. He's John Travolta's nephew. And he gets his <laughs> temple stabbed the fuck out of. So there's that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, of really great, interesting, and creative. Uh, and even adding a little bit of humor to it, like uh, old uh, not Lisa Turtle uh, getting pulled out of the window and her slippers fall behind. And then uh, she gets her head just twisted all the way around. Um I couldn't, and like, I could not remember for the life of me how that one, that one counselor, uh, who's supposed to be like the one that you're like, oh, she's probably going to make it through the entire one because she's, uh, you know, she's the, the responsible mom type. And then I couldn't remember how she died because I know she, I knew she died. She's, I, yeah. She, she dies off camera. Yeah. And she gets like one of the weakest deaths. Like, it's yeah. just like, well, okay, that just happened. Like, all right, I guess. <laughs> Was an impressive blood splatter, though. Yeah, there was a ton of blood from just her, so I guess there's that. Um, 
but uh yeah otherwise uh you know court and uh the the uh, the girl he's with uh get the they each get, girl. yeah she gets uh, the the uh, precursor to a Jason X kill um yay ish uh <laughs> he she gets the head through the uh like that was a cool effect uh with that great sound uh going through the uh, the side of the RV and then uh they both burn up in the uh the RV sideways so they both kind of get killed again which is great um but uh yeah, a lot of a lot of kills to choose for. Like th- th- this is a good one for uh, a lot of potential favorite kills. Uh you have uh, Officer Handsome getting his head smushed. Um So yeah, there's a lot. There, there there's a lot there. Uh but let's go around what do you guys have as your favorite kill in the whole movie? Now, this one did have a lot of good good kills, um, but I, I have to go with for my favorite. I, I have to go with the misogynistic paintballer who gets his arm ripped off and his face <laughs> slammed into the tree. Yeah, the the, the triple decapitation that, is another you, one that we didn't even yeah. talk about. Yeah, yeah, the, and then you get the the the, the wonderful uh, homage to Wilson thirty years before Wilson was ever a thing. <laughs> yeah, the bloody smiley face. Yes. Yeah. Where he's he's out there hacking stuff. Uh, Women should be in the kitchen. Arr, arr. And then he reaches his arm back and oh yeah, I forgot all about those guys. Yeah, that's a good one. I also love the uh, the the dead headbands. Yes. Uh, that I feel like we all need those headbands that just say "dead" with an exclamation point over and over and over again. If we get them, uh, we'll yeah. go paintballing. That's true. I mean, that would kind of fit my aesthetic for how I dress anyway. <laughs> right. Start wearing those in the interview, too. Yeah. Like, I I really don't know if I could be further away from my professional career and my personal <laughs> life. Uh, what do you do? Oh, I'm very professional. I conduct interviews. I handle the hiring process, and I do all that kind of stuff. Oh, what do you do in your personal life? Share Limp Biscuit memes. Yeah. <laughs> Get tattooed and watch pro wrestling. I hear that so. Lip Biscuit is beater than everybody. You motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to send you a picture. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I forgot all about the uh, the paintballers because you have, um, yeah, you have the, uh, the misogynistic, uh, angry, roided up paintball yep. guy. You have the triple decapitation, which it's is the triple. Yep. Amazing. Uh, especially if you watch the uh, the the cutscenes where they show like the whole thing. Ah, uh, see, because, I've seen that. Yeah, because they show uh, they have the extended clips available where uh, the triple decapitation. Uh, you see like how it was originally, how they originally shot it, and how it was originally submitted uh, before it got edited, and it's it's pretty great. It makes it it makes the illusion look a little bit better. Um, so that's that's a good one. That's a good choice. And then you get the the nerd paintballer that breaks the limb off the tree and tries to put it back on. Yeah, which he also has a, an off camera. Like he, you see him run off, and then you never hear yeah. him again until they find his his body parts. Uh, so that that one's another one of those like mildly disappointing because. Okay, all right, it's it, it's better now. Yeah, 
Um, actually better. <laughs> yeah, it's actually correct. Uh, it's not beater. Um, uh, so yeah, like the, the, the paintballer, that whole section is pretty fun. Uh, I wish we could have seen the, uh, the nerdy guy, the nerdy paintballer, um, actually meet his untimely demise, but we do see the remnants of it. So there's yeah. that. Koran, what's your favorite kill in this movie? I can't remember the character's name, but I'm going with the uh, Tommy Jarvis's friend, Heart Punch. Oh, yeah, Haas. At the beginning of the movie. Horshack, yeah. 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 Horshack from so, Welcome Back, Cotter is Haas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it just... It, again, it's a gruesome and bloody kill, which I feel like a lot of what we've gotten in the past couple movies has just been, and pan to the right, and <laughs> yeah. pan to the left. Yeah. And then come back and show a dead body. So. Yeah. And it's also, it's, it's early on enough that it kind of sets the tone where you're like, Oh yeah. shit. Like he does, like he legit punches through his, his entire body and holds his heart. Like it's pretty badass. He goes oh. full. What's that bad Indiana Jones movie? Not the last one, but the second one. Temple. That's the one. Yeah. Um, well, that's one thing that I I get throughout this this whole thing is like like you said at the beginning this is this is our first fully supernatural Jason. Uh, he's back from the dead, you know. He's he's full on zombie golem, whatever you want to call him, Jason. Um, and I feel like there's a couple of uh, instances in this movie. Uh, the first time I saw it was was the misogynistic paintballer, in which it, it feels like there's a couple of scenes where where Jason is almost confused by his own strength. Like he goes to throw the guy into the tree and he pulls the arm off and he looks down at the arm and he's like, "That's never happened before," you know? Yeah. Um, and, and he he goes to there was another one where he goes to to do something and it, it, you know his strength is just just way bigger than what it's been before. And he actually stops and looks again. Cause I, I feel like he's, he doesn't realize how strong he is in this movie. I always got that, got that feeling as I'm, as I'm watching these kills. So, yeah. And like he, uh, he does where like he, uh, he rips out the power cord real easy. And like, he has a couple points where it's like, you know, he, he shows very above average, strength so um uh yeah can you yeah. run that one back buddy yeah you're you're having some intermittent issues am i yeah can you run am i yeah, can you run that whole statement yeah back? where uh like where he rips out the uh the power cable from the rv oh uh, yeah yeah and like oh, yeah. it's just like whoosh, and then when they hold it up it's like ripped to shreds and um you know, so yeah, he's got a couple points where it's like he is very, very above normal human strength and a lot stronger than he's ever been before. So yeah, yeah, agreed. It's, it's, yeah, it's also like he doesn't realize it either. Like right. he's learning that he has this strength. And then uh, can we also just talk for one second about that? Uh, where one of my favorite scenes where the uh, the nerdy guy shoots him with the paintball. And he just looks down and then just looks up and he's just like, oh, you're going to fucking get it now. Like, it just like, it just like, it, it just, it inconveniences him just, just enough that he's going to make him pay. 
You fucked up my shirt, yeah. you son of a bitch. He's like, you asshole. You, you ruined my shirt that two days ago had maggots crawling out of <laughs> yeah. um, My favorite kill, I'm sad that no one has mentioned it yet. But we have another episode where all three of us have different kills, uh, favorite kills, which shows uh, how strong the variety of kills are with this one. Because he is one of my favorite characters in the entire series. It hurt me to watch him die. The sheriff, also a uh, a horror tribute, Sheriff Garris, uh, literally bent backwards in half. A cab motherfucker, like, fuck him. He fuck five zero. <laughs> he got he got killed hard, but he made the he made a mistake, and uh, like because he shoots him, he shoots him with the shotgun twice. Uh, knocks him down and Jason keeps getting up. He shoots him with the, the pistol. So he knows that like that, that Jason's not, you know, a, a normal human being. He knows that it's going to take something different to stop him. He runs off. He hides. So, you know, he's going to get the jump on him, knocks him down with the big rock. And then for whatever reason, starts hitting him in the hockey mask with the rock. Climbs on top of him for whatever reason, doesn't bother to take the mask off so he can actually hit him in the head. He's got to hit him in the protective face mask. And he gets a couple of real good shots in, and then that's pretty much it for him. And yeah. it hurts me. Like, I'm genuinely sad every time I see the sheriff get killed. Um, one thing I love about the sheriff when he's fighting Jason is, you know, he's got the shotgun. And he uses the shotgun to as 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 effective as it can be against this Jason. Um, but then, of course, uh, it jams on him and he throws it down and he pulls out his service revolver because it's the only thing he's got to go back to. And he he pops a couple of rounds into him, uh, quickly figures out, yeah, this isn't doing that. So in a, in a departure from normal movie action, especially in the eighties, you know, type of characters. He stops and aims his weapon and gets a very nice headshot. <laughs> he does. Like he's see and he's just falling back on his combat training. Is at least so, that's what I'm gonna say. He's falling back on yeah. his Vietnam era combat training where he is a professional. He doesn't fuck around. Um, this is true. And you know, uh yeah, he's he is a great character. He has a bunch of, of really great lines where he's Tommy's like, you got me right where I want you, where you want me, Sheriff. And he says, no, if I had you where I want you, they'd be pumping you full of formaldehyde. Like, <laughs> like I, I love it. I, I, this guy saw some shit in the war. Cause he yeah. has definitely got some trauma. He's, he, he's got anger issues. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he is, he is quick to, to anger. Um, and he does show a little bit of compassion where he's like, you know, I'm real sorry what happened to your family, but, uh, you know, you can't be, you can't be doing what you're doing here. Um, at first he really wants to, you know, first of all, get Tommy out of his hair, but he wants to help him, you know, get him the help that he thinks he needs. And then afterwards he just wants him to get out as fast as possible. Um, but, uh, I think at his core, he is a genuinely good guy who just wants to keep everybody safe. Yeah. Um, so I like him a lot, uh, but yeah, he meets a very sad demise 
as and I, I think what um, makes it sadder is that his daughter is is like you can literally as he's getting bent backwards you can hear her yelling for him and it's just like all he's trying to do is just protect her and protect these kids and like as she's crying out for him he's getting bent backwards in half and it bums me out so far when it comes to law enforcement in all of these movies he has been as far as i'm concerned the best uh, I, th- he, I think he, he, yeah i think he will be throughout the entire series yeah he, <laughs> he 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 looks like a cop he acts like a cop um when you know tommy and his daughter are running from the cops he's not inept he actually uses roadblocks quite effectively closes the road hems them in and Catches them. <laughs> yes, he's pointing the shotgun. He's like, Megan, get out of the car. And he's just pointing a shotgun at his daughter's car. Yep. Man's a badass. And he, but got folded in half like a freaking pretzel. And while we're on the subject of law enforcement and, and, and weapons and stuff, my God, that 80s era mag light D cell uh, uh, laser sight. Yeah, oh my god. Deputy has. Holy shit. (laughs) Wherever the red dot goes, ya bang. Damn thing's heavier than the gun. Yeah, that thing is massive. It is is bigger than the actual gun, which makes it that much funnier. Um, Yeah, never even gets to shoot that shit either, because he gets locked in the cell and doesn't get to join in in the end. So actually, he's like the only one that, he's the only cop that really lives. Am I back? Who? Hmm? Uh, my my mic died oh. for like two full minutes. Oh. I could not get it to come off, or like probably longer than that. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I, we, we have to rewind for a second because I have a lot of comments to make <laughs> on the fucking uh, scope on the. Yeah, my pistol. god. Yes. And that I mean, dope I've is the only cops are smaller than that scope. <laughs> there are massive vibrators smaller than that Whoa. scope. Okay. Anyway. But but like in, in a town that small that you feel like does not have a lot of crime because like the, the deputy spends time going out and getting dinner and coming back and like they're not really like stressed that much. And he needs to, he feels the need to go get a laser scope that big. Well, first and foremost, I don't. I don't think. I think that may have been the smallest option available in 1986. <laughs> that, that might be true. You might be right. Uh, I actually looked. I could not find an actual make and model uh, for for that uh, that laser scope. Um, but uh, saw a lot of forums uh, of people commenting on it, and they were they were talking about laser laser sights in the 80s uh, and such. So, yeah. I, and plus, I'm pretty sure if you uh, if he aims it at somebody on bare skin long enough, he's going to cause melanomas. Uh, That's probably true. So. That's true. I believe that uh, very much. And uh, which, well, this is uh, this goes well because we're uh, we're uh, treading into the next topic of discussion, which is characters and our boy Jason. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. And we got a lot of characters to unpack in this one. Uh, another instance where it seems like they shoehorn in characters just to die. But I think this one, they do it in a little bit of a better way. You have uh, 
the the paintballers that we already talked about, but you also have that uh, that couple that is for whatever reason eating a romantic dinner uh, on right near the campsite where a bunch of kids have died multiple times. Uh, they're having like a moonlight picnic for whatever reason. Um, Just because you don't know romance doesn't mean they don't. I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, I I guess. Yeah, I, I love off-roading in the woods on a street bike to get to a picnic location. Yeah, it, it really turns me on. Uh, Just like me. That, oh, God, yes. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, like... I, I think these are done a little better than like the greasers in part five and, you know, like the, the, the hitchhikers that we've seen before that, are, that feel very shoehorned in. Um, I think these characters kind of add to building the world of camp forest green, how, you know, the community has tried to move on, so they've, you know, there's a paintball business now, and there's an area for picnics and stuff like that where, like, they're trying to get past the horror that had been there before. And now, so now we've got, like, fun activities to do. It just, everybody is there at the wrong time in this movie. Or maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. No, 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 no. I, no, no, I, well, First of all, I don't. I don't think the motorcycle couple was near the camp. I, I, I felt that these these shoehorned in kills was his journey back to the camp. Yeah. So he's just coming across people as he's as he's heading back because the cemetery caretaker was on that same back road with the motorcycle couple because he was killed right before they were right where he, yeah although um, in the original cut of the movie he is not killed uh they added that in after the fact yeah just uh for the record well once again he's no crazy ralph so uh i like him ah do i want to say i like him better than crazy ralph that's that's a bold statement but crazy uh, ralph is the man don't you dare yeah no but i do love the caretaker uh he is, and, and uh, I mean, what do you think he is, a fart head? <laughs> yes! <laughs> One of the strangest cuts in the entire movie. Yeah, but I love like, it. it's on the same level as the, um, uh, they're looking for the dog, and then it cuts to the hot dogs. Yes. Like, it's on par with that, and I don't know if that's a compliment or not. I'm not really sure which way to take it, but uh, I'm still into it. Like, I'm not against the idea. Yeah. So... Which, as far as I know, I'm I'm um, uh, I, I'm putting the, uh, the the fart headline though. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm making that my my Ethel line of this movie because you know you big dildo in my <laughs> head. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is this is my Ethel line from this movie. I'm gonna uh, I like picking an Ethel line now. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I will. I will go ahead and say, despite several odd cuts to uh, the hamsters in the cage, we see that several times. There's at least two or three. Uh, There is the the tradition is broken, and there is another. There is no character. There is no character that talks to and has a conversation with an animal. Another reason. 
an absolute another reason that Friday the 13th Part 6 is overrated and not the best one in the series. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, uh, it, 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 it hurt me. It hurt my heart, uh, to watch that, uh, we see these hamsters or guinea pigs or whatever they are. And they're in the little cage and they're running around and I'm like, somebody's going to be like, someone's going to just talk to them at some point. We never even acknowledge them. Especially when you got the kids there yeah. and everything, you know, it was an easy, easy layup to hit. And, uh, they, they buck tradition and they don't do it. And, it's a bummer. So uh, that's heartbreaking. But we do have um, we do have Travolta's nephew, uh, which is a pretty interesting get, uh, who also uh, went on to such things as uh, Face Off with John Travolta. Okay. Is that it? Is that's that like the only it. thing he did on no, this? He's, he's got a couple he did other Friday things. Friday the 13th but... Part 6 and Face Off. No, he did, he did a couple other later. things, but they, it, it's nothing of, of like, of significance. Um, but otherwise, um, you know, th- this one does have a couple of really fun characters. I like um, uh, Officer Handsome. Uh, who, as everybody's like, they, they get to the camp and, and, you know, the sheriff's like, all right, we got a mass murderer out here, you know, look out for all these people. And he's like checking his hair in the mirror or in the, like this, the window of the car. Like he's, he's just so full of himself that he only cares about how his hair looks. Um, uh, hold on. <laughs> I feel personally. Attacked by that statement. <laughs> oh, I should have called you car on our own officer. Handsome shit. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel legitimately attacked about the statement about someone who only cares about their hair as the way they look. Because <laughs> uh, they're like, so, they're like, all right, we're going to go this way. You guys go this way. And he's like running his fingers through his hair and like checking his mustache. And the guy's like, come on, let's go. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, Dude, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> However, I will I literally like as, as soon as I finished that statement, I literally was like, all right, how's the mustache right now? <laughs> And like ran my fingers over it. I will. I will say though, uh, the cops in this movie have nerves of steel because uh, even Officer Handsome, who's got his gun out and he's like, "Come on out of there," and he's expecting to see somebody like, uh, you know, the little girl comes out. He doesn't even like flinch like he's gonna shoot her. Like he he's everybody is calm, cool, and collected, which is different than uh, a lot of these other movies. Like they they're ready. They got nerves of steel, which I appreciate. Um, so when, uh, you call him Officer Handsome, I yeah. call him something completely different. Oh, no. Mustachio. Um, well, the, no, no. Uh, I call him the As the World Turns a deputy. <laughs> because when, I, when I'm when i watching this, the first time he appears on screen, I'm like, I know him. Where do I know him from? And it took me a couple of minutes of researching it. So just after appearing in this, in this movie, like later this year, or 1986, uh, he gets the role of Duncan McKechnie on As the World Turns. For the next 20 years, he plays that character, 1986 to 2000-something. Wow. Uh, Good, on and, uh, huh? Good on him. Good on him. Well, and, and when I was growing up, um, my mom watched as the world turns religiously, like, you know, it came on at two o'clock every afternoon and in the summer, you know, I had to make sure that if I was watching a movie, I had the VCR stopped and her tape back in and everything set to record at two o'clock. 
Because if I was watching something and forgot to record her show when she got home, she was just not happy for the rest of the day. Beat you or something? Like... <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Okay, good. I, I was gonna beat, say, but she wasn't happy. But uh, but yeah, I was watching. I'm like, I know him. So that's, that's so I called him once I figured it out. He he became to me the as the world turns deputy. I like it. I'm a fan of that. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, the. Great acting ability of Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis. Uh, the breaking a Hollywood record, by the way, of being the third person in as many years to play the same character. Uh, as, as far as I know, from what I've read, that is the first time that has happened, that in a major motion picture, the same character is played by three different people three consecutive years in a row, oh. um, which is kind of crazy. Uh, but here we are. It's a Friday the 13th movie that does that. So go figure. Um, but, yeah, he, he is – he I think he does a much better job than – uh, John Shepard in the last movie. Um, I think he brings a bit of like common man, like approachability, like kind of the way that, that Corey Feldman played um, Tommy in, in part four. So um, yeah, I, I dig it. I, I dig his, uh, his portrayal in this movie. He does a good job, uh, especially better compared to the dude who comes across as uh, half mute for the yeah. first half of part five. Oh, so that's bad. Well, I, one thing I wish, though, is I wish this Tommy fought like the part five Tommy because the, the part five Tommy knew how to fight. I mean, the man's taking people down and putting people in arm bars and just, you know, vicious when he fights. And this guy doesn't fight for shit. No, he runs he, a lot, he, though. He runs a lot. He runs pretty good. Um, but, yeah, I, I just don't see, you know, the the deputies being able to restrain the, the part five Tommy very well. Uh, so he definitely lost some hand to hand combat skills. Going into it, um, that is a good and, point. Uh, hmm? That is a good point. That's a very good point. Um, also, the, you know, this one, this Tommy has has been doing. You can tell he's been doing research. Uh, and, and and there's a plot point here that I'm not entirely understanding because he's got a couple of books that he's used for research in in this movie. Yes, it, it, it's one of these books that has made it so that, you know, he knows how to defeat Jason, right? Yeah. So he's got two books. He's got a manual of occultism. Yep. And he's got 30 years among the dead. But this is the first time that Jason's ever actually come back from the dead. So I don't know what's pushed him into, into this, this, this occult research on something that up to this point wasn't, from the occult, it wasn't supernatural. Mm-hmm. Um, so between that that plot hole, that that inexplicable inconsistency from five to six, and the cremation not cremation inconsistency from five to six, 
and the Tommy Jarvis is now the the villain versus is now going to be the new killer versus what happened. I feel there is another story between five and six. Well, if uh, and actually, it's interesting that you say that because uh, Friday the thirteenth. I know we don't really like to talk about it, uh, but Friday the thirteenth, the game actually tried to address this. Oh really? Boo! Because. Uh, in, in one of their updates, uh, where they actually made content worth making, uh, few and far between, um, they have a, uh, they added Tommy tapes. That is ah. a, that is basically a, an interview with Tommy Jarvis. Uh, they did the same thing with, uh, Pamela tapes, um, that basically ah. take place like before the first movie. Uh, but the Tommy tapes explain a whole lot. Like, first of all, uh, it explains that Gordon is alive. So that's what we, uh, we know. Uh, it goes into how the mom is dead. Uh, Tommy's mom is dead, uh, which was a deleted scene. Um, but it also goes over the fact that the, basically the entire ending sequence of part five that was supposed to quote unquote, make Tommy the killer was, yeah a nightmare that Tommy had. It was fiction. It was like a dream sequence. Basically they, they turned into a dream sequence. Uh, so it doesn't really happen. Hmm. So they, they at least tried to clean some of that up. Um, see that, but that doesn't explain this, this, this delve he has into the, no, no, it doesn't explain that and stuff, but, uh, but you can find that book on one of the shelves in, uh, on the desk on one of those, uh, cabins. But, um, well, speaking of that book, and and my penchant for deep dives. Yes, you found the book, uh -oh. didn't you? I have found the book. So the book, uh, actually, I f uh, found both some information in both books. But the Manual of Occultism is the one I want to focus on because that's the one that gives Tommy the answer, right? You know, he's got the book open. Yeah, and when he's talking to uh, 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 deputy daughter Megan. Uh, Megan. As he calls yeah. it, Megan, yeah, sure. not Megan, yeah, Megan, sure. yeah. Megan, um, <laughs> that that's the one that gives him the answer on how to defeat Jason. Yeah. So this movie, the movie, sorry, this book was, was, um, uh, published by an author or written by an author, Dr. Walter Gorn old, uh, better known as Safariel. And that's the name that he actually published under. Oh my God. For this book. This book was was originally published in 1910. He was born in like 1864. Um, I found it where you can read it for free online at archive.org. Ooh, please! Uh, uh, if and I'm being all I'm being dead serious. Uh, send me that link if you don't mind. Will do. Um, so uh, yeah, so I'm gonna I've put that on my e-reader. Send it to me too. <laughs> so. I've, so I've been reading it. I don't know if it'll go to an e-reader, but I'll send you the link. Oh, I can turn um, it into an e-reader. Don't worry. I may need it for yeah, a. So uh, I may need it for a project coming up in about a month. That's fine. Um, so I, I've been reading through this book, and the only thing, so chapter three, starting on page one fifty-six, deals with evil spirits, and it deals with nine orders of evil spirits, which it, it which this guy uh, prefaces as. It's like the 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 evil version or the counterbalance, the yin to the yang of the nine orders of angels. Uh, and the only thing I could find in here that would even fit Jason uh, 
is the the seventh order of evil spirits is, 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 is and I'm going to quote here is that of the the furies. Uh, their prince is called uh, Apollyon, or in the Hebrew Abaddon, which means destroyer. They are the cause of madness, frenzy, murders, massacres, and intestine wars. Ooh. But that's the only thing I can find. I can find nothing in this book that would tell him how to defeat one. Nothing. There is nothing in this book that tells him any kind of weakness. Well, is there... chapter... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no. So go chapter ahead. five goes into talismans and stuff, which he doesn't use any talismans, which I think if you're going to use this book, you know, uh, like the seal of King Solomon and, and things of that nature, it looks like a really good book. Um, in fact, I found a 1975 printing on eBay for like six dollars. That it looks like, it looks like I just won. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait! Oh no! 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 I didn't. I, I lost it. Oh. Uh, I lost it right at the end. Sorry, because uh, I wasn't paying attention. But that's okay. Um, uh, I, it got sniped out from under me for like like. Well, seven oh six in uh, in British pounds, so I think that comes out to be like ten dollars and something. Sorry, man. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I, I have it here, but yeah. So I can find nothing in this book that that that, that gives uh, a way to defeat uh, a, a an evil spirit of the seventh order. Well, maybe so. maybe that book is used to identify it. And the other book is what's used to tell how to destroy it. Maybe he's cross-referencing. Maybe he's cross-referencing. I'm just I'm grasping at straws because, as we've proven, this movie does not get a lot of little details, right? So maybe, maybe he's <laughs> just like, okay, now that I know what it is, this book will tell me how to defeat it. I don't know. I, I, I haven't it, been able but... to find a, a, an e-copy of the other one yet, though. So, well, we'll. Uh... We'll see what we can do about that. I bet we can make it happen. I bet you. I've got faith. Can. I've got faith in one of you. It's, <laughs> I don't know which one of us that would be. Probably Scott. Uh, nah. Oh. Uh, I, I'm incompetent. I've always said this. Uh, so how do we? I've feel, never questioned that. Oh. How do we Thank feel you. about uh, six foot three CJ Graham as Jason in this one? Jason's a bit more uh, agile. Uh, he's also a slow walker. He doesn't run. Um, this is the the first kind of zombie Jason, but he's super strong. Uh, how do we feel about C.J. Graham's performance? I was happy with this this Jason very much so. Yeah, uh, I, I will think say it's one of the only uh, true selling. Sorry, to, I no, don't no, no, mean to good. keep cutting you off. I am sorry. No, dude, you're good. It's fine. Um, I was going to say, I do think it's one of the, I think Jason's one of the only selling points you can make about this being one of the best Friday the 13th movies. Um, I did, uh, I did mention uh, after, you know, meeting CJ Graham to have him sign my hockey mask. Uh, I told him, you know, this was the first one that I ever saw all the way through. And it kept me up for like four nights in a row after that. And uh, his only, <laughs> his reaction was uh, he laughed. And he said, well, I guess I did, I did my job then. And uh, he was a, he was super nice, um, you know, really good guy. Um, but like he he got it, like he knew what he was trying to do. Uh, like he really got the the vision of Jason. I wish that they would have let him do at least one more um, because I think he did a really really good job. There was not a lot 
the the thing I noticed, and we'll get into this, I know, starting with the next one, is there was not a lot of Jason stunt work in this one. Like the biggest stunt that he had was, you know, the the getting shot by the shotgun and falling down, and then the water stuff. But like beyond that, I mean, he he comes through a door at one point, but like he's he's there's not a lot of stunt work, you know? Yeah, he's very straightforward, just, you know, kind of walking and standing a lot. Uh, that was one thing that um, I, I did notice as I went through, is I was like, you know, at least, you know, with like four, he's crashing through windows, and even two, like he's crashing through windows to grab people and doing all these, uh, all these kind of elaborate things, like three, he's hanging uh, in the barn and, uh, you know, all the, all this extra stuff, um, you know, all this additional stunt stuff, but this one was very, very like hunt, stock, kill, hunt, stock, kill. That's about it. Not, not that that's bad. Not that it's bad. I mean, it's just, it's a, just a different take on the Jason formula. Like it's not a, you know, it's very light on the, the Jason stunt work, which I thought was just interesting to note. Uh, well, this one does have we we've talked about it uh, several times. This one does have a, a huge tonal shift, yeah, from from all the previous ones we've seen. That is, uh, and I, yeah, very true. Yeah, I think that that just lend, lends itself towards that as well. Uh, no time for stunts when there's uh, uh, shootouts and car chases. So, um, which uh, brings us to I think which is going to be the most. Interesting part of this one, uh, if if Koran's comments so far have had any indication. Let's go to the overall out of five hockey masks. Commander Scott, where do you put this one? I give this one a four. Okay. Uh, I get to see Jason on screen. I get to see interesting kills. There's no boobs, so I can't give it a higher than a four. Yeah. Um, um, you, you got a little bit of comedy in it, and and I'm okay with the the what little bit of comedy we got. We got a sheriff that actually knows how to do his job and tries to do his job very well. Um, uh, you know, he he still even when he comes face to face with Jason, uh, he he doesn't waver. Uh, he ultimately loses the fight, but you know he, he goes for it. Um, but yeah, we, it's just a departure from the POV stuff we've seen in every Jason movie so far. And I like that. Uh, I like that very well, but yeah, so I give it an overall four. All right. A four. That's a solid, that's a solid, uh, solid rating. Uh, here we go. Everybody buckle up. (laughs) Uh, if you are a, if you are a part six, Fan, if you think it's one of your favorites, if you consider it one of the best, I'm guessing, buckle Skip up. Skip ahead two minutes. Joran, <laughs> what do you rank out of five hockey masks? What do you rank Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives? You want to hear my, my bold statement? You want the bold one first? Do it. Hit me with it. If it, if it wasn't for the what were you going to be when you grew up statement, this was going to get the exact same 1.5 that wow. last week. Got. Oh, wow. my God. Uh, I think this movie is severely overrated. I think it suffers from a lot of popularity rating. Um, 
I, I genuinely think the reason a lot of people think Friday the 13th Part 6 is the best one, quote unquote, is the fact that everyone else does. I don't know where it started that this movie was fantastic. I don't know where it started that this movie was great. It is an 80s slasher by the numbers, and that is it. Two. Dang, a two. Okay. Wow. Fuck this movie. Wow. And fuck you if it's your favorite. Damn. Like, lighten them up today. I mean, I'm not mad at it. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm pretty impressed uh, because yeah, that is a very uh, anti-popular opinion. Well, and I mean uh, it, that's okay. Saying, it's okay. It's, no, no, saying Friday the Thirteenth Part Six is your favorite uh, is your is your favorite uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie is as safe as saying that like. It's just safe. It's okay. like saying, oh, well, the Attitude Era is my favorite era of pro oh, wrestling. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I'm a, this is no shot at you. My brother has legitimately just followed him his entire career. Oh, I'm a Tom Brady fan. Or I'm a huge LeBron fan. It's a safe bet because you know yeah. that uh, – you know, I'm, I'm well. Actually, it's unfair to say that about Brady or James because they actually have talent and are good. Um, Jesus, it's hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah, no, it's it, it's, yeah, it's it's bandwagon hopping. Well, yeah. it, it's 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 betting on a when you say safe, you're right because you know a lot of people really like it and a lot of people, you, no one's gonna call you out and be like, oh my god, why would you like that one? Like if you said if you said a new beginning was your favorite Friday the Thirteenth movie of all time. You know that people would be like, "What's wrong with you? Like, why?" And and you'd have to also if you, sorry, keep going. No, uh, you'd have to be on the defensive. But if you if you say, "Oh yeah, man, Jason Lives is my favorite Friday the Thirteenth," people would be like, "Oh yeah, man, that one's awesome." And you, you get your opinion validated. I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get it. Um, two. two, two, man. Um, for me, it's a very mixed bag. Um, part six, there are things I really, really like about it. There are things that I really, really don't. Um, I like, I like some of the, there, there's a lot of quotes. I find this one to be about as quotable. This one has been the most quotable movie for me so far, uh, where there are a lot of quotes that like, that I will take with me and that I still use. Um, there are a lot of characters that I like. Um, you know, I love, I love the sheriff. Uh, I like Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis in this one. Um, you know, I, there's a lot to like, um, that being said, you know, I have a checklist about what I think a Friday the 13th movie is and should be. Uh, like Scott said, it is extremely light. Uh, and when I say extremely light, I mean, there is no nudity whatsoever. Uh, which I believe uh, this one is the first one up until this point uh, to be that way. Uh, and I think it's also the last one uh, in, in the series to be that way. <laughs> um, when we get to Jason X, we'll, we'll break down if that's a true statement or not. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very light on that. It's, it's, 
it does have gore and brutality, but it's also not presented all the time in a scary way. It's it often gives you a bunch of laughs. Like there's a lot more comedy in this one and action in this one than any other Friday the Thirteenth. And so it is. It is a very you know it has a, a sizable tonal shift to it. So with all of that being considered, uh, I have to give this one a three out of five. Which um, averages us out to a straight three on this one. Yeah. Um, I, I, uh, for, uh, for reference, uh, twice as good as, uh, part five equal in mine, uh, on my ratings of part three. Uh, I gave part three a three also. So according to my ratings, I have three and six on the same level. I guarantee you, I will not have nine on the same level, but three and six. I'm about to piss off a lot of people when we get to the end of this. God, oh no. Uh, So uh, I think unless anybody has any other miscellaneous notes that we didn't get to, uh, by all means, if you had anything else written down, feel free. Um, But I have come to the end of my notes. We're all the way to the end of our uh, our episode. Are we? I think so. Uh, Cool. So uh, with that, uh, if you're enjoying the series, uh, give our episodes a like. Give them a share to someone that you think might enjoy them. Uh, Visit our Patreon, patreon.com slash fwbpodcast uh, to help support us and do uh, more episodes like this. Um, you know, we've got a couple more surprises. We are now officially, you guys, halfway through with the series. We're six down, six to go. We got seven episodes left, or actually, I don't want to say seven episodes. We have seven entries left in this special series. So we're, uh, we're just under halfway home in that, but we are halfway home watching these movies. So, um, we're about to get to the interesting era of the Friday the 13th series. Um, But this wraps up. They live or uh, they live. Jason lives. They They didn't live. Jason lives. Um, Can that be our 13th entry? Can we just do it? Can we just review they live instead? We could just do it. We need to find out when the anniversary of that is. Um, I'm so fucking down because we will do a, they live retrospective. Um, I think it was 86. So we might have a few years to wait, but uh, well, that would actually, it would be a a five anniversary uh, in 2021. So, so uh, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do a, they live one next year. Uh, a retrospective. Uh, I'll see what um, what some of the cast is up to. Uh, but we've got some more uh, much like the, this series. Uh, we've got some surprises left to come. Hope you're going to uh, join us. But I think that's all we have. That's fair. For Chris, Chris, not Chris. Uh, got a couple things to, to end us on. Uh, if you like part five, I'm assuming you never got past coloring in school. So fantastic there. Damn. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that we're halfway home. Scott, you used to live in a halfway house, right? Um, no, I thought I did, but turns out it was just a creepy couple uh, <laughs> who uh, who took me in for a while and then uh, kept me drugged up for most Wait. of the 90s. Halfway houses are supposed to get you clean, though. If they were giving you drugs, why did you stay? Well, no, wait, and that answers its own question. If they were giving you drugs, why did you stay? Because yeah. they were giving you drugs. They were giving me drugs. All right. Uh, hashtag FWB podcast, iHeartStamos at gmail.com. Reach out to us. Tell us you love us. If you're in jail, please write to us and tell us you love us while we're sending us a story about something. <laughs> uh, preferably not me. 
Oh, no, it's preferably you. Actually, no. Yeah, keep it being me. Actually, hell, if you're just any fan of the show, any fan of the show, iHeartStamos at gmail.com, write a story about uh, one of your favorite hosts. There are two of us and then Scott. Uh, Oh. He's not wrong. Well, no, we love you here, man. That's why we brought you in. Yeah. That's why I brought you in. And much like my love life, the rest of this series is going to get a lot worse before it gets a lot better. Well, correct me uh, if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Scott, <laughs> next next movie you have never seen, right? As far as I know, I have never seen part seven. Uh, the one uh, – I'll go ahead and uh, – I think I can spoil this. Uh, the girl with telekinetic powers. Oh, yeah. No, I get nothing. Oh, this is going to yeah. be good. This is going to be the first time. The, so next episode is going to be great because it's going to be the first time that Scott has seen – Friday the 13th, Part 7, New Blood. Oh, my God. This is going to be great. Anyway, go ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> so coming up on our next episode, uh, not Carrie versus Jason. Yep. And until then, thank you for being our friends with benefits. Fuck Part 6.